right, we're going to get ready to uh, conclude our series on From Generation to Generation. And uh, tonight I have the mandate and the mission to talk about unity tonight. Uh, this message and my mission is, is aimed uh, to a few, a few folks. It's, it's aimed to the one that may not see the importance of unity. It is aimed at the one that may not see the vital and intro, int, integral, integral part that they play in the kingdom of God, in the body of believers. Uh, my mission tonight is to encourage the one that is serving God and is working to be in unity uh, with his or her leaders and with his or her pastors um, and, and also those under, under them. Uh, my, my mission is to encourage uh, those tonight. My mission is to uh, bring direction to those that don't see the importance of unity and think that it's just a one-man show and I'm going to do mine, what God's called me to do, and I don't need anyone else. Uh, we're going to address that tonight as well. And that we would all walk out of here different, changed, and that we would walk out of here seeing what biblically, biblically what the Bible says about unity tonight. So as we kick this off, I want to just read our series scripture as we've been hearing uh, throughout the, the duration of this series. So we're going to do that. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says this. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you, as I said to Moses. Now, the, the title of uh, tonight's sermon is United We Stand. And as I think back in my own life, where God called me and where God has brought me from, uh, the early days of my Christianity as, as a teenager... I was, I had my born-again experience, I accepted the Lord in, in a smaller local church, in a smaller church compared to, to uh, uh, the size of our church, praise God, and I had, it was a smaller church, uh, just, just a handful of folks, and uh, there was a revival that was taking place, and a lot of, um, a lot of youth came, and a lot of my peers, a lot of people my age as teenagers and I remember coming to youth conferences here in Norwalk uh, back when it was under the tent. I remember what God was doing in my life individually. I, wonder, I, I, I remember collectively what God was doing in the youth there at our church. But there was a season where it was just happening and there was just a lot of excitement and there were a lot of youth, you know. Um, but as time went on, some of the youth started to, to leave and to, to do different things. We started to see them less and less uh, being involved in the things of God, and um, it turned out that there was just just very few, um, very, very few, and what did that leave me with? Well, that left me with other believers that were a little more mature than I was. There I was uh, as a teenager serving God, but I was in a place where there, there was mature Christians, believers, my older, elder brothers and sisters, and what this did to me was 
that put me in a place to where I didn't isolate myself and just say, hey, well, you are older than me, so I'm just going to do my thing and forget about unity. But I gleaned off of them. It was a place in my life where I was able to glean and learn from those that were uh, more seasoned than I was, that, that, that had been places, that had uh, come from different backgrounds and had awesome testimonies. And I was able in my life to be placed under their leadership and their, their testimony and their direction. And I learned so many things during that time in my life, things that still stick with me today. I could have viewed it as a discouraging time, as a time where, hey, well, where's my, where are my peeps at? You know, where are my peers, my people my age? But it was a time that God birthed and did so many things in my life and established so many fundamentals that I, I will tell you, to this day, help keep me in the kingdom of God. The importance of prayer, the importance of Bible study, the importance of the fellowship of, of believers and being faithful to church, the importance of having a clean testimony, the importance of witnessing, the importance of, of standing fast in the ministry that God's given me, even when it's not popular or even when it's, it's easier sometimes to feel like I want to throw in the towel, but there was something birthed in me and established in those years in my life. That my Christianity is a 24-7 lifestyle. And whatever I can do and what was in my power to further the kingdom of God, that that was my, further the kingdom of God, that was my responsibility to do that. And back then, what I learned and what God established in me carries on to this day. And I'm blessed to be able to, with, with God's power and with God's ability, to try to impart that to, to those that are, that are coming after us. And we're talking about unity. We're talking about from generation to generation. The standards that I have learned were from my forefathers, my pastors. The things that I still see today, and, and, and I'm trying to let those be established in my life and be faithful to that. And I pray, younger, younger person in this place, young adults, if you can grasp that, the standards that, that God's placed in our lives, one, the word of God, but even the testimony that God's placed in the lives of those that are, are, have gone before us. The standards, hold on to those standards. Don't give them up. And I'm talking about popularity because sometimes, even among your peers, it's not going to be popular to stand fast and say, no, I will not do that. I am going to keep a good testimony in my life. It may not be popular. You may look sideways at me. You may wonder, and I, I may get these different looks from you, but I need to stand in front of God, in front of my leaders, and be able to, with a clear conscience, say that, yes, I've stood fast, and I've, I, I've, I've held the standards that were laid before me. I've kept the standards that were laid before me, and that's what... If we're going to be able to finish this work that God's called us to do, we're going to have to stand fast and hold on to those standards. Now, I want to look with you in Deuteronomy chapter, and I'm laying a foundation here, Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 29. We, hear, we read here about the death of Moses, and in this passage, these are the last recorded words of Moses before he passed away, and he was blessing Israel, and listen what he says. This is the last scripture that we hear and that we have of him. Deuteronomy 33, verse 29. He says, Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you. Now listen to this next part. And you shall tread down their high places. 
So here we see the blessing come from Moses to the people of Israel. Now, if we jump into Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, we read that the Lord told Joshua that my servant Moses is dead. Now listen to what the Lord tells Joshua. Every place that you, the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. And again, in, verse, in Deuteronomy 33, 29, and you shall tread down their high places. And then in Joshua 1, 3, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Now what are we seeing here? We see here the blessing of Moses. We see here the, the proclamation of Mo Moses over the children of Israel. Moses passes away, and here comes Joshua, and God's word comes to Joshua. In the same words that Moses used in the blessing that he was giving the children of Israel, God used to speak into the life of Joshua. And what is this showing us? That there's unity. That the vision and proclamation that was spoken over the kingdom of Israel by Moses was the same word that was given to Joshua. Now what does that show you and I? That we as people of God, we have the responsibility to live up to the testimony that God's given us. What we've, been, what we've inherited from our forefathers, our spiritual forefathers, from the word of God, it's our responsibility to pass that on to the next generation. See, it, it transpired from God to Moses and from Moses now to Joshua. There's that continuity, there's that unity that takes place. And that's so powerful and something for us to learn. That's what's taking place every week as we come to the house of God and we're hearing the word of God. There's an impartation. We heard Pastor Danny talking about passing uh, about, about the baton. We heard, we heard him talk about Sunday about uh, the, the vision, casting vision to invite someone this Sunday. Right? There's that, that vision that's taking place each and every service, and it's challenging us to constantly grow. We have to run with that. We have to constantly run with that. Now, Psalm chapter 133, let's turn there in verses 1 through 3. I want to read this passage, and this is what we're talking about regarding unity and united we stand. Psalm 133, verse 1 through 3. The Bible says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Can you say amen? amen? It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessings, life evermore. Bow your head with me as we pray tonight. Praise God. Father, we thank you, Lord. For this opportunity that we have, Lord, to come into your presence, God. We thank you, Father God, for everything that you've imparted to us, my God, up until now through our spiritual forefathers, Father God. For those that have gone before us that have been faithful and held fast to the testimony that you've given them, Father, I pray tonight that you would help us to run with that, that you would help us to take what we've learned, what you've given us, Father God, and we would teach it to those coming behind us, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you would have your way. God, give us understanding, Father God. I pray, Lord, and lift up each and every person that's here for strength, for keeping power, Father God, and that you would help us all to leave different and change, Father God. Revived, oh, Father. We thank you. We ask in Jesus' name. And we all say amen. amen. Praise God. So tonight we're talking about unity. So I want to first look at the blessings of unity. When we are united, every generation... Every age group, it's good. It's a good thing to be united. That's what the Lord desires. That's what God wants in our lives. It is good because it's from God. Unity is from God. From the beginning of time, there was unity. 
as, as we look back in the book of Genesis, as we go back to the beginning, we see there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image. To be like us. Again, we see that word us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the, the, birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We here get a wonderful glimpse at creation. Way in the beginning, when God created, when he when the universe was there and, and, and God created that, he spoke life, he spoke light, and everything started to take form. This powerful occurrence in the cosmos, as you, as you will, and in the universe, as God spoke and created everything, he wasn't alone. He said, let us make human beings in our own image. From the very beginning, God desired unity, and he desired to share that creation with, with Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There was unity there during the creation, during this time when everything began, when everything was spoken into existence. He said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. There was that unity. In every good work of God, every grand work of God that he's doing, there's unity that's, that's involved in that. Every revival that, that the Lord uh, has brought is, is, has been involved. There's been unity involved in that. Everything that the, that the Lord wants to do in this church, in our lives, there has to be unity involved in that. Unity is tied into everything that God wants to do. Unity is vital. It's no accident that when God gives us a, this beautiful glimpse of the creation, that he shares the revelation of unity. Unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God wants to take you places. New places. New revelation. In your own personal life. In your ministry. Collectively in our church. In our fellowship. In the kingdom of God. And unity is integral in that taking place. We have to stand fast and we have to hold on to unity because it's so important. God moves through unity. It's also pleasant. And again, in the scripture, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It's pleasant. That's the kingdom of God. There's unity. All throughout scripture, there's unity. The scriptures themselves are tied together. The Old Testament, the New Testament tied together. The revelation, the prophecies in the New Testament and the Old Testament tied together. Confirmation after confirmation. There is always unity in the, in the kingdom of God. Jesus said in John, chapter, in John chapter 10 verse 30, the Father and I are one. Again, we see unity here. Now, when it comes to unity in the kingdom of God, there are so many blessings that take place. The kingdom of God is able to be furthered through unity. Revelation in our life is able to take place through unity as we unite ourselves with those that God has placed over us. The revelation is able to come. The direction is able to come. God moves so powerfully through unity, and it's no accident, and we should not be surprised that the devil would love to come and destroy that unity. Because if he can cause dissension, 
division, then he can stop what God wants to do. He knows that. If he can get you to start gossiping about your brothers and sisters, he's going to find a way to have them hear about that, and then their, their feelings are going to change, and then there's going to be dissension. It's a trap. Gossip is just one of the things. If there's backbiting, if, if, if there's murmuring and complaining, all these things that cause dissension and division, the devil uses these tools to try to stop what God is doing. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. It says, there are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. And it's interesting there, there in the beginning, there's six things that the, Lord's, that the Lord hates, and then it goes on to say, no, seven things he detests. There we see that last thing, a person who sows discord in a family. Discord. Church, we have to be careful. We have to be careful with our words. We have to be careful with, with our thoughts. And, and when we're tempted to just say something off the cuff, you know, in reaction, we have to be careful. Because that can be a seed that can, that can poison someone, that can hurt someone, that can harm someone. God help us to tame our tongues. And we know what the Bible says about that in the New Testament. I mean, it's... it's the tongue can set things ablaze. We have to be careful. There are so many blessings in unity. We have to be watchful because our adversary, the devil, he's always looking for an opportunity to try to sow dissension. Unity is pleasant. When there's peace and unity, there's no worry of dissension and pride and competition, but joy. There is comfort and assurance. When there is a spiritual unity amongst us with what God's doing, there's peace, there's blessings, there's no competition, there's no dissension, there's no uh, pride that is able to be puffed up. When your brother or sister uh, gets elevated and exalted, that, you, that unity, that spiritual unity will be able to give it up for them and congratulate them. I thank God for what he's doing in your life. I see God taking you places. You're encouraged for them. You're happy for them. You're able to give them a pat on the back. Good job. Rather than running to the corner, running to, to other people and starting to talk about them. That's the flesh. That'll cause dissension. Be happy for them. Because when God elevates you, when God sees your attitude, they're going to be happy for you. They're going to give it up for you. They're going to thank God for what he's, what he's doing in your life. There's so many, there are so many blessings in unity. Secondly, there's spiritual anointing that results when unity is achieved. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 26 this is powerful here because we see the unity that took place even when it came to delivering a nation from bondage. Now when it, it comes to who saved the Hebrews from the bondage of slavery in Egypt, one, we know it was the Lord. Second person that probably comes to mind is Moses, 
God empowered Moses. God called Moses. But listen in Exodus chapter 6, verse 26. I love this passage. It says, The Aaron and Moses named in this list are the same ones to whom the Lord said, Lead the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt like an army. Again, we think of Moses when it comes to the one that delivered Israel that God used, but Aaron had an integral part of that. Aaron was right there side by side with Moses. He was there supporting the vision. He was there with, with Moses, being a part of what God, God uh, had called Moses to do. He was part of it, and he, here we see that he was listed as the one also that led the people out of Israel, out of the land of Egypt, like an army. We have diff many different ministries in this church, praise God. And the way God has orchestrated it and ordained it is that there are leaders, there are assistants, praise God. There are those that, that lead the ministry and there are those that assist, that, that, care, that help carry the vision and the responsibility of the leader. And that's what took place here in the, in the Word of God. And, and we see the, the powerful mandate and commission that God gave Moses and Aaron to lead the people out of Egypt. Where has God called you? Where are you right now in your life? Are you possibly an assistant in a particular ministry? What's your responsibility to be in unity with your leader, to carry that vision? We have great assistants. We have great leaders in this church, but I'll tell you what, we have great assistants as well in this church as well that help carry that. It's not a one-man show. It's not. We can't do it alone. I thank God for each and every individual that helps, just, that helps carry the load for, for our pastors, for their vision, for our leaders in this church. You know, for the different ministries that we have, assistant, I, I, again, I tip my hat to you because of all that you do. I'm blessed in my life to have wonderful assistants that, that always have that, that attitude that say, yes, let's get it done. Let's do it. Whatever you want. And you know who you are in this place. I thank God for you. It's, that's the vision. And that is just, it's, 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 it's a breath of fresh air in my life. It puts wind in my sails. I, I don't know any other way to say it. It puts wind in my sails when you have someone there side by side with you that are that they're ready to to accomplish the vision that you have amen thank you jesus what about david and jonathan first samuel chapter 19 verse 4 david was called to be king of israel jonathan naturally speaking could have been the next in line in that rightful place to to have that place, that, that level of authority. But Jonathan understood the spiritual element of God's anointing, and he, he, he connected, and he was in unity with David. And listen to what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 4. The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. Wow. Saying many good things about him. Jonathan had his father, he had King Saul's, ear he could have instituted so many things if he wanted according to the flesh to take the throne he could have said bad things about David he could have fed into that lie but he understood the spiritual anointing that took place when David was anointed as, uh, as king saying many good things about him again the one that you see with your own eyes being elevated by the Lord that God's exalting may be around you what do you have to say about them? 
If your words and my words were written in the word of God about that situation, would the word of God, would scripture be able to say that he said many good things about him or she said many good things about her, about the call of God that God has on that person, speaking good things, speaking blessings, even when they're not around, even when no one is watching. What are our words saying? Is there unity there? Elijah and Elisha, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. We're talking about spiritual anointing when it comes to being in unity. 2 Kings 2, 9, the Bible says this. It says, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. Man, what a question. What a question. What if we were asked that? What if we were given that wish? What if that question was sent our way? The wheels are turning. I could see it. Give me this, give me that, give me this. Things that maybe pertain to, to me or to the flesh or things that I want or my pride or, you know, my arrogance or whatever it is. But listen to what Elisha said in response. Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. Amazing. Elisha could have said anything. He could have asked for anything at this point. But here we understand and we see the power of unity and Carrying the baton as we've learned, the vision that his pastor, so to speak, that his mentor had, his desire was to have a double portion of that, a double portion of your spirit and become your successor. He didn't want to fly and go off and do his own thing. He didn't want to just go off and do and say, forget what I've learned, whatever you've imparted to me, now I'm going to have my own thing. I want to do my own thing. God's given me a place to just accomplish what I want to accomplish. No, it was tied in to his forefather, the one that was his leader. Let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. God's taking our fellowship somewhere. God's taking your ministry somewhere. God's taking this church somewhere. God's given our pastor's vision to do great things, to do even greater things that have, that have transpired. And what, if that question was given to us, what is our answer? Let me inherit a double share of what you have, Pastor. Why? Because you have the vision that God's given you for this fellowship, for the kingdom of God. I want to take that. I want to run with it and the power that he's given you. I need double portion of that because I need God's strength in my life and I want to become your successor. There's that, that vision that, that is going to be able to be transpired and continue on. God's doing something great here, but it cannot end with us. It can't. Time passes. We grow older. Let me not say older. We grow, grow more mature, Right? Time goes on and, 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 and the days are passing. What are we doing? We should be training those that are under us so that when our time comes to go and be with the Lord, praise God, that what God's doing here, that it will not cease, that it will not stop, but that it will continue on and greater things will transpire. Why? Because we have said, give me a double portion of your spirit so that I can become your successor. The vision that God's given you, 
for this fellowship, for this church. Let me carry that on So, because I know that God has impacted so many lives through this ministry and I know God wants to do so much more and impact so many more lives. You and I all have a part to play in that, each and every one of us. And can I speak to those that are my elders tonight, those that are older than me, those that are in their 30s? Just kidding. My elders, we need you. I need you. I have so much to learn. Just ask my wife. I have so much more to learn. We don't know everything. We need you to impart. And I thank God that, that, that you're here. I thank God that we see you, but engage, engage us, you know, encourage us, challenge us. I mean, I thank God for our, for our, our seasoned pastors that come here, up here and just share the word of God and challenge us. We need that. I need you. Please don't feel that your time is past, that your best days are behind you. The, the great things that God has done in your life in the past, praise God for them. But the way that you can impart and encourage me in the future, I believe, has greater things in store ahead for you. Greater things. God did great things in the past, yes. But he's not done with you. By a long shot, he's not done with you. Stay in the fight. You're such an encouragement to me. Please stay in the fight. We need you. Spiritual blessings come through unity. We read in... Psalm 133, verse 1 through 3, again, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It talks about unity there in verse 1, and then it goes on to talk about an anointing that takes place. We talked about the spiritual anointing, but there's spiritual blessings now that we learn that come through unity. So how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It doesn't stop there. It goes on in verse 2. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. This was talking about uh, an anointing. Running down on the edge of his garments, it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded his blessing, life evermore. And what is this telling us about unity? It contributes greatly to the fruitfulness of sacred societies. Unity, it's what we need. There's a spiritual impartation that takes place as you and I will become united in the vision that God's given those uh, of our pastors, the the vision that he's given us. While we align ourselves with that, there are spiritual blessings that take place. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. There are results that God's love is established in our lives and the result will be peace. Hebrews 12, 14, the Bible says this, work at, living in, work at living in peace with everyone and work at it and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our sins and we have forgiven those who sin against us as it says in verse 12. Here we see the Lord's Prayer. Again, we see unity. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's desire is to accomplish his will on this earth. God's desire is to accomplish his will for your life and for my life. God has everything called out. He has a plan for your life. 
And through unity, you and I will get there. As we unite, as we fight to live united, to fulfill the commission that God's given us, we're going to see God's will be done in our life. Can you say amen? As the worship team makes their way up, may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One, we have to align ourselves with the kingdom of God. We have to align ourselves with his word, with God's vision for our life. And we also have to be in unity one with another. And the question that I, that I pose to you is where are you this evening when it comes to unity? Do you work and just try to live according to your own terms and your own will and desire? thinking that you could do it on your own, that it's just about you and that you don't need anyone else. Or as I touched on, perhaps you think that your best days are behind you and that you're pretty much ending the near, you know, ending the end of your responsibility in the kingdom of God. Perhaps that's you in this place. Maybe you're working to set up your own kingdom. Your own ministry, your own ambition, your own goals. It's time to align ourselves with the with the vision that God's given our pastors. To align ourselves with the vision that God's given our leaders. And listen, I know how it is. Sometimes we can, we can go through things, we can get shell-shocked through different situations. But the house of God, and that's why it's so important that we're here, and, and thank God that you're here tonight, to come into the house of God, and we're able to get realigned. In each and every service, we have an altar call. Sometimes we fall short in our views, in our, in our thinking. I'll be the first to admit, I've been there many, many times. But I have to tell myself, Matt, it's time to realign. If I've, if I've strayed in any area of my life regarding vision, regarding unity with those that God's placed over me, Matt, it's time to realign yourself. Get back in line. Because that's the place where spiritual anointing comes. That's the place where unity comes, where spiritual anointing, spiritual blessings come. And as I work to align myself with the godly vision that God's given those that have gone before me and that are before me right now and my leaders, my pastors, there's a peace that transpires, that takes place. And we're able to serve God with peace, with joy. And those passages and the promises that the Lord gives us where he says, take my yoke upon you for it is light. It's a yoke, nevertheless. It's a responsibility, but it's light. There's that peace. And if you're serving God and you're frustrated spiritually, you're discouraged, you're going through all kinds of mind trips, you're having issues with leadership, varying opinions all the time. We all have our opinions. I understand that. But always going against and playing devil, devil's advocate and just going against the vision 
what's going to happen is there's, there's frustration there. It's not fun to serve God with frustration, with anxiety. There's peace, there's joy. Yes, there's hard work ahead of us, but there's that peace, there's that strength, that's that spiritual impartation that takes place as we align ourselves, as we work to align ourselves, as, as we rid ourselves of dissension and backbiting and gossip, as we get rid of all that stuff and we work to, to be in unity. There's a peace and there's a joy. There's a refreshing that takes place. And even when there's hard work and we have to put our hand to the plow and we have to dig those trenches and there's that hard work, there's a joy that's behind it. There's a refreshing. There's a spiritual strength. And the promises that the Word of God gives us as an Isaiah that we can run and, and not be weary. We will not faint. There's something spiritual that takes place there. See, if I, if I run physically, my strength is going gonna, is gonna to give up at some point. If I walk physically, it's going to give up, and at some point I'm not going to be able to do it. But as I, as, I, as I stay involved and I align myself with the Word of God, the Bible tells me that I'll, I'll be able to, to run and not be weary. I'll be able to continue to run and run and run, and I'll be able to continue to walk and walk and walk. Why? Because there's a spiritual element taking place. And as we align ourselves with the vision that God's given us and we stay in unity, nothing will be impossible for us. Individually, nothing will be impossible for us as a ministry, as a fellowship. Every nation will be fair game for the kingdom of God. Every nation, every culture, every people Every single place, as the Bible says, that our foot will tread upon, the Lord will give it to us in the name of Jesus for his kingdom, for his honor, and for his glory. Unity, church. Unity. Let's bow our heads tonight. Praise God as we pray.